recovery as possible. And uh, no, no matter what your circumstances are, um, no matter what, what has happened to you or, or uh, what's going on in your life, recovery is possible. It's something that can be learned. Um, it, it's, it's not the stereotypes you might think about, you know, sitting around in a depressing room with people uh, saying the Lord's Prayer. Uh, the options are, are pretty much limitless nowadays. And in recovery, you can reinvent yourself. You can become the person you were always meant to be and step into the full potential uh, of, of the greatness of your life. It's been you know, some of my work in the, uh, the clinical field, uh, working in a uh, uh, primary care-based uh, addiction program. You know, it's great that they have these things now. Uh, so, so helping people, you know, pass the, the initial hurdle and then to provide education on what, what the many options are. There's, uh, there's kind of a science-based uh, peer support program called Smart Recovery. There's a faith-based one called uh, Celebrate Recovery. There's a Buddhist one, uh, a couple of them actually. So, and, and then if you're, you're not a person who wants to go to, you know, go to groups, there's, well, there's, you know, certainly hybrid types of groups uh, that are, you know, just might be a, a bunch of people meeting twice a month at a church in your town. Uh, and, and this is an example of something I, I've been participating in for the last few years. The different parts of the brain stop communicating, and this is where control is lost. That's why, you know, it's easy to think that the person out there made their choice decided, woke up in the morning, just decided to do that, when in fact, you know, the, the part of the, the brain that analyzes consequences makes those kind of big picture rational decisions about what's best in someone's life, it, it's cut off from the part that says, step on the gas pedal, get some drugs or alcohol down here, stat, we got a situation, what are you, crazy? Stop using? Yeah, it's like your, your brain and your body will get into an argument. Keller, how you doing, man? Very well, thank you, Carl. It's it's my pleasure to, to join you today. We've been communicating for a while. Now we finally meet, and this is really great. I'm uh, really grateful and honored uh, to have you as my guest. Grateful you took the time to join me because the topic that we're going to talk about here is one that's rather close to my heart. Um, from family things, but also, you know, I know so many people, and I'm sure as we unfold this conversation, pretty much everybody knows somebody affected by an addiction, if you will. And the degrees um, of separation are nil; they're they're yeah. gone. Everybody knows somebody exactly. Yeah. yeah, if they haven't experienced themselves, or family member, or multiple family members, friends, or whatever. Uh, it would be unheard of these days, I'd say, which is sad. But you've written this beautiful body work here, this wonderful book, Infin uh, Infinite Recovery Handbook. Thank you. And uh, I, I'm going to start our conversation with a couple of very short, sad stories. I'll just, it's more of a statement, not a story. In the past year, here at my clinic. Uh, first of all, I know so many 
people, I've worked with so many people as clients and patients who have lost a child. Now, a lot of my people are in their 70s, 80s, and 90s. Um, two of these individuals lost a child to overdoses. And in both cases, these people um, who passed away, the children, they were fighting this uh, one for about 20 years. Because it started with an Oxycontin prescription back in high school when he was playing football. And then that just led down the pathway of all kinds of problems. And then the other one, just on and off 30 years plus of in and out of uh, facilities and rehab and drinking a lot, not drinking drug a lot, no drug. And then he just overdosed one day. He'd been clean for months and then boom, gone, dead. So you have written this beautiful book. and. Um, Let's talk about it. I'm curious to know your experience, and you run a center out there too. And um, just how are you seeing? Let's start with this question. How are you seeing this whole situation? I, I almost feel like it's an epidemic of proportions that are immeasurable, possibly. But I'm sure you have some data on that. Uh, I, have, I have a bit. Yeah. Um... Yeah. Where do I start with that? Uh, let, let, let me clarify. Uh, I was running a program uh, for a couple of years uh, and moved on to other other pursuits uh, in, in, in the field. I've been uh, kind of blessed to have racked up a bunch of great clinical uh, experiences, opportunities have come my way. And it's just, you know, just broadened uh, my horizons and, you know, the learning opportunities. It, it, it's a constant uh, as I like to say, there's many moving parts to the addiction problem. Uh, yeah, so um, it's uh, estimated that 40 million people uh, out of the approximately, what, 320 million in the country um, have uh, last year were, were recorded to have a substance use disorder. That's a, that's a statistic from the National Institute on Drug Abuse. Uh, and um, that's uh, between one out of every eight, one out of every 10 people uh, in the country. So uh, in the time frame of 1921 uh, and I think into 22, uh, opiate related overdoses were at 106,000 uh, for I think 21 and uh, alcohol related deaths, which are much less glamorous, well, glamorous isn't the word, but less spectacular, less noteworthy somehow. They don't, you know, the, the, unfortunately, this is a, a, a slow, tragic death where people die in their homes, hospitals, uh, hospices, uh, et cetera. Um, that was 140,000. So nearly a quarter of a million people uh, die annually of, of substance use disorder related problems. And uh, yeah, well, maybe we can circle back to this, but you know, the, the, the little rant would be that we're not paying attention to it on, on a scale that, that is appropriate to that. So, you know, I, I didn't wake up one day and, and just write that book. I have been in abstinence-based uh, long-term recovery coming up on 33 years next week. Um, and, Good for and, you. Well, thank you. And, 
you know, I, I, I say that I'm very transparent about that. And, uh, you know, in, in wherever it, it's appropriate, um, I, I might bring that up in a, in a job interview or in certain community settings. And every time I do that, I'm basically, uh, pardon the expression. Can I, can I say this on your podcast? I'm kicking stigma. I am kicking stigma in the nuts when yeah. I do that. And, Maybe that's what it's going to take. A lot of people to just kind of come out and say, you know, um, I, I, I'm a registered nurse. I'm a productive member of the community. I've taken, I have rendered competent medical care to, to people and uh, recovery has made that possible. Yeah. Exactly. So, so I basically, my life became a mission early on in that process and just been learning more and kind of putting that together and uh, and I am where I am today kind of on a mission first I, I'll just say congratulations to you 33 years coming up uh, but not just that but you did create a mission you have a mission and you're you've been forging this pathway and doing so much good to help other people and I think that uh, you know we've seen I, I just the first name that comes to mind is Rich Roll. Rich Roll has a podcast. He's been I don't know how many decades, twenty plus years sober maybe, and I can't remember what his abuse was. But uh, the bo bottom line is he's on a mission too. So it's possible. First of all, it's possible. And when you say you're kicking it in the nuts, I think sometimes we just need to be blunt like that, blatant, because we have to hit people square between the eyes shock value is actually really important sometimes because otherwise you're just kind of dancing around on eggshells beating around the bush and this is nothing to beat around the bush with i mean one too many of this or one too many of that substance if it doesn't kill you it can make you make maybe a bad decision which could change your life too and your family's life and other lives and who knows i mean agree the possibilities there are endless in bad ways. So they also are mindful enough and, and, and creating however you, how, how did you, I'm curious, um, alcohol, my thing, right? I, I don't drink anymore. Yeah. So I'm gonna, I'll, I can say that I just one day stopped cold turkey because I had to. I was making bad decisions. I weighed too much. I got hungry. I'm not even going to say all the things I did, but it wasn't good. I didn't kill anyone or hurt anyone physically, didn't get arrested, didn't go to jail. I did other things that were stupid and bad and dumb. Uh, I realized that I was enslaved to something. And why have power over something that, I mean, why would I allow power over something? You know, it's not that easy, though. It's like because we have chemicals in our brain. We have brain neurons. We have dopaminergic pathways. Maybe I was born with extras. I don't know. Alcoholism runs in my family far and deep and long, both sides. So there's a genetic factor I know is there. But for me, it's a choice. I got to do good things. So I'm addicted to other stuff now. Helping people live a better quality of life. Hot sauce and coffee. There you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, I, I I practice harm reduction with 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 coffee. Uh, caffeine is Same still here, baby. 
But what I, I this is not about me. So I'm just saying I'm putting it out there. That was my thing. Okay, well, so this is about you. I want to talk about you, the addiction problem. Maybe if you want to talk about your experience at all, that's fine. Or what you're seeing, how you're seeing people, first of all, come to accept and let's say recognize that they have an issue and just deal with it and make a pathway forward. I'm real curious to know how people are going about these things. Well, let's, let's, uh, not, not so fast there, Carl. Um, you raised a really good, good point. And Substance use disorder or an addiction, uh, I, I define an addiction as a behavior, as in a substance use, uh, where uh, there is uh, probably it's, it's serving some purpose in the short term. It becomes more of a problem in the long term. Control is lost and, and, and you know, uh, the domino effect of problems. And what, what you wind up with over time, the consequences are a... Uh, co-opted brain and a, a pathologically conditioned body that is dependent on on the substance and and the the, the, the brain the dopamine dopaminergic pathways uh, as you so eloquently said uh, become uh, recalibrated to to need the substance or the behavior uh, which can be gambling or bad relationships or, or eating Cheetos or you know it, and, and so it comes in as many different presentations as there are people who present with it. Um, and, and that's, that's remarkable that, you know, it sounds like you just made a very powerful decision, uh, with conviction and, and perhaps more energy and intensity than the power of the substance, uh, the power the substance had over you. Yeah. Well, I think for me, it came down to, uh, you know, after you do enough harm to some people, maybe family, let's just say family, uh, and and then they accept you still and they keep you in their lives and they don't kick you out or if they do it not for long or whatever, uh, the hurt, it really hurts because I do have uh, guilt. You know, I went through all that and I'm thinking, man, I, I can't even believe in the formative years, my child, children growing up to a son and a daughter. Their memories of certain things, right? Now, this this crap just has. This is bullshit, man. This is what I went through in my house with, you know, I'm not even gonna say what. Growing up, and uh, I I have a choice. I have a power of free will, and this is bullshit. So I, screw it. I am done. And then, because I can, is a, I have free will. It doesn't mean it's easy though. Oh my God, it doesn't mean my my greatest dearest closest friend who passed away two years ago she would i would call her from a parking lot of a liquor store say, emily yeah I'm, I'm here don't go in now we talk about it she'd be usually really nice about her sometimes not so nice but either way i wouldn't go in you know so i was able to stay on the path now i actually don't have the urge to go into any do any of that at all but i do have urges to do other things like keep learning and learning and learning and find more coffee that I like from other countries. It's really, really good. So I've tried to rechannel where my reward comes from. Because this is like a reward thing. You know, you, you're, we're driven by dopamine to survive, reproduce, eat, 
It serves a purpose. Succeed. It helped us get to the top of the evolutionary ladder. We're, yeah. we're not in the food chain anymore. We're at the top of it. Um, but yeah. we still, yeah, it, we, we uh, tend to, yeah, it's it's yeah. An interesting so it, question. It's, it's fascinating to me, some of the things I've read. And I haven't had time to go through your entire book yet and read it, but just skimming through. I love how you, uh, well, how you talk about everything. So let's, I, let's, I, I don't want to talk about me. I, I really think that though every, every person, and you will know more, way more. I only have my experience. You'll, you've seen so much, helped so many people. You must be seeing, you must be seeing different pathways to success, if you will to stay on the straight and narrow, do live a better quality of life, if you will. Um, what, where do we go from here? That, that's a, that's a really good, good, um, subject to take up for, for a moment. Now, uh, 30 years ago, 33 years ago, uh, there weren't a lot of different options. And, uh, you know, I, I made the kind of decision that, you know, that we just, we just spoke about, but, uh, I, I was a little too far down the rabbit hole. I was not going to get it done by myself, um, even though I knew and, and had decided that I, I needed to, that I wanted to, I was committed to. So uh, I, I kind of am referring to the 12-step uh, AA, Narcotics Anonymous, uh, and uh, the peer support self-help movement as the traditional model. Okay, so that's that's what my option was, and they, uh, you know, they they've got uh, a lot of things going for them. They they uh, engage you in a community of like-minded people who have the same the same goals. They suggest a few things. One of them is you know connect with a mentor. They call it a sponsor. Uh, that's uh, somebody who has more experience has has been there and done it and and since since they didn't you know have when i got there uh you know there wasn't somebody down front saying okay if i can get all the new people down here we're going to show a short video and give out your policy and procedures manuals no it wasn't that organized so the sponsor uh is is your policy and procedures manual your your guidebook in, mm -hmm. in human form and then you become accountable to mm -hmm. to that person and uh you know they've got a lot of knowledge about addiction and recovery uh they used to call it alcoholism now we're we're trying to get uh into a more person-centered and strengths-based way of saying things so so i could say i'm 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 a person with in recovery from alcohol use disorder at a peer support meeting we still identify ourselves as hi i'm keith i'm an alcoholic or an addict mm -hmm. um the so so they know a lot essentially i guess i'm gonna be all over the place if i'm not careful uh they encourage a belief system certainly uh and they encourage people to uh perform acts of service so those are you know kind of the, the big elements that that i noticed but but the main philosophy underpinning all of this is abstinence-based recovery and i think with alcohol um that that is a more clear cut and uh you know cer certainly simple to to follow that and and not you know split hairs now things are are evolving 
um, so that this, this abstinence-based approach, while right for some, is not right for everyone. Mm-hmm. And the traditional model, as I like to uh, affectionately refer to it, uh, it's been around for a long time. It was organically grown, uh, no science there. Uh, it sort of gets grandfathered in in terms of being evidence-based, which is now very, very important in, in, in the treatment world. So um, what we're finding is, is that people you know, aren't always able to assimilate into that. And so we, we refer to many pathways to recovery as, uh, as alternatives. So I've got a couple of, I've, I've got my, my motto, which is recovery is a skill that can be learned by anyone. And my core value is that we should all have an individualized approach to yeah. recovery. So what I really encourage people to do is, you know, first of all, make your decision. Um, but then do a, do a little investigation, do some, you know, check, check out this type of meeting or perhaps, um, you know, coming out of, uh, you know, uh, first of all, people are, if they're dependent on, on a substance need to go through a process of withdrawal. Um, and, and be, have their systems de- detoxed or mm-hmm. detoxified. And uh, so that, you know, is there, there's sort of a, this, this big, uh, scary uh, guard at the door to recovery. You know, so you got you to get past the doorman. Sure. Um, and uh, so, you know, what I, I, I first want to, you know, support people through that process. And that's been, you know, some of my work in the, uh, in the clinical field. Uh, working in a uh, uh, primary care-based uh, addiction program. You know, it's great that they have these things now. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, so, so helping people, you know, pass the, the initial hurdle and then to provide education on what, what the many options are. There's, uh, there's kind of a science-based uh, peer support program called Smart Recovery. There's a faith-based one called uh, Celebrate Recovery. There's a Buddhist one. Uh, a couple of them actually. So, and, and then if you're you're not a person who wants to go to you know go to groups, there's well, there's you know uh, certainly hybrid types of groups uh, that are you know you, there just might be a, a bunch of people meeting twice a month at a church in your town. Uh, and, and this is an example of something I, I've been participating in for the last few years. And this combines yeah. people who have loved ones. That, that might be in some stage of recovery or that they have lost to, you know, the ultimate catastrophe of accidental overdose uh, or uh, people in recovery themselves. And, you know, it's, it's, it's another alternative. And uh, uh, I'm good friends with the facilitators, uh, one, one of whom is a local, local pastor who has a distinction of, I think I heard him say 78 eulogies for oh, young people who have overdosed. Um, so that's a calling for him, for sure. Oh boy, um, so, you know, the, the, the many pathways could, could include after, after detox, a, uh, a, a residential experience uh, where, you know, decide you want to go live in a program with, with other people who are in recovery, um, varying degrees of supervision and structure uh, in these, or, uh, you know, if you want a little extra measure of support, uh, you can get into something called an intensive outpatient program where you might go, uh, every day after work or in the morning 
or mm -hmm. some of them are, are all day. And then there's something called structured uh, outpatient addiction programs, SOAP, um, another, another variation uh, right. on these things. So, uh, you know, they keep coming up with new, new ideas and that's, that's what we need, enough, enough different options so that people can find the, the best fit. Yeah, I think, um, well, first of all, I wasn't aware of a lot of that stuff. I didn't know there was faith-based. I didn't know. I haven't really looked into it, though. Part of the reason is I did my own pathway. I just stopped, and that was it. I didn't go anywhere for help. I'm not saying to anybody, by the way, anybody listening or watching, please realize you need to do, if this is something you want to overcome, is that a word, or or effectively work through um you gotta find what works for you i don't do groups i'm not against groups at all i just replaced i end up replacing things i mean people do right an addict will find something to replace a lot of times me exercise coffee hot peppers and learning and helping people so i mean those work out to be pretty healthy but well you uh, seem to, you seem to have developed a community Oh, yeah, we have. So we there's, have there's many types of communities, and and with it, you know, I was just mean. thinking about that, Keith. Mm -hmm. When you mentioned soap, faith, faith based, uh, when or, or maybe it's more of a, well, whatever. Community is so important, and so we in my community, I have different communities I'm in. There's only a couple. There's the one here, and then there's the one not here, which is more of my traveling and teaching community who I, I'm with often. Uh, but here, I mean, community is really important. And we do have a positive, in, in my clinic where I am right now, this is where I do these from, this is a, a positive glass half full. It's always half full. Even when it's empty, it's full because it, it can be, theoretically speaking. That's uh, an analogy of support, supporting each other with whatever it is we're dealing with. For some people, it's sugar addiction, it's food addiction, it's smoking, it's vaping, it's not illegal. It's not illegal to eat all the sugar in the world. It's not illegal to vape or smoke cigarettes. It's not illegal to drink booze for most if you're of age. The problem is, and I wanted to go back to this, so my ADHD is sort of kicking in because I want to circle back to you. you did mention the slow death. And that's something I've done a lot of thinking about, because if you think about that cigarette, I was never a smoker, but I would watch people. Ah, just one more. Oh, for me. Oh, just one more. Give me another uh, Kahlua vodka, please. Tastes like liquid candy. It's not going to, that drink won't kill me. That particular one. Oh, let's have just one more, because the next one, that won't kill me either. The problem is, years later, decades later, my liver's all out of whack. And that took years to get under control, so the liver numbers are perfect now for a few years. Oh, good. Thank you. Thank you, God, and the hard work I did. But, uh, yeah, community, you have to find what will work. But actually knowing, like having you here to share with us these things, I, I, I hope this, I know it'll help people. If we help one person from this, I'm a happy camper. You're helping me anyways just by being here and learning. But. So there are a lot of different programs out there. I, I suppose it depends on what area you're, you're in and what's available in each area. But are there online communities too? 
Yes, there are uh, uh, a, a variety of them. And the uh, one positive thing that came out of the pandemic was uh, a real growth in the uh, opportunities or options for participating in recovery online because the in-person meetings had to then most of them developed a uh, a zoom uh alter ego uh and now some of them have remained hybrid some of them uh, have remained uh online okay at, at the beginning of the pandemic now i have a uh, a, a small you you're probably aware of it uh the infinite recovery support and discussion group uh been on facebook for for five years yeah around the time i uh, I brought out the the last book, and uh, we've been holding steady at right around a, a thousand people. Um, there's there's tremendous engagement. So this is a a uh, connection, uh, you know, that that people can have. I'm I'm at the other end of direct messaging. If anybody you know wants to do that, and I do get messages sometimes urgent, sometimes. Uh, critical yeah. um looking for yeah you know and 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 so i bring everything i i, I have I'm, I'm i'm a registered nurse i've studied uh alternative and energy medicines and uh also the science-based motivational uh approach and and all these things are you know sort of combined in in, in the book but um uh, up to declaring uh okay this is not official medical advice obviously sometimes that needs to be said um, or, or uh, you need to go see a doctor right now, or you know, sometimes that's the situation. But I'm usually able to, you know, sort of help people to, you know, without giving them some kind of pronouncement or projecting my ideals, my personal uh, opinions, just sort of help them arrive at, uh, ask themselves the right questions and arrive at answers. Um, you know, and and this is all. Uh, internet-based in, 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 in many cases, yeah. I, I love that. Yeah, you know, a lot of good things came out of COVID, oddly enough, that I can teach online and not have to, sure. to go to Dubai and do it. Not, not that I have anything against Dubai. It's just a long trip, and I don't like It's a long far. plane ride. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a... <laughs> One time there was enough for me. It's a beautiful place, but I'd rather sit here and teach them. Um, I'm looking in, in your table of contents. I'm curious to know... Um, when, when I want, I don't want to talk about me. I want to talk about you. That, that, and your... That's that's a little bit where my 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 sense of humor might might come through. I've been accused of bringing well, a little humor to a to a topic that oh, it's, uh, it, it's good. But when we think about the first thing to consider is the question: Are you addicted? I think that in in itself, from personal experience, of course I'm not. Are you kidding me? There's no way. No, I can control myself. I'm okay. Yeah. I mean, how much of that do we see, right? Before we actually say, okay, you know what? You're right, or whatever. I am. We we are often not, the last. We're the what last are we one do to, about it. Yeah, we're the what last gonna, one to get the memo. Yeah, <laughs> usually everybody else in our life knows, and you know ha doesn't quite know how to say something about it or what what to do, uh, yeah. and then. You know, there's there, there's a couple of questions you could one could ask themselves. This is you know a, a good approach with with people who, especially it, it, with something so sensitive, so stigmatized, so um, 
personal. Um, how bad does it have to get? Yeah. Or here, here, here's a kicker. Um, what if someone else was doing to you all those things that beer or cannabis or opiates are doing to you? Would you be pissed? Mm-hmm. Would you be ready to fight? Would you be ready to do something for yourself? Yeah. So there's an interesting, not trust me, I've thought about this a lot. And it kind of goes back to that thing where this one won't kill me. This one can't damage me that bad. This one, or, or I didn't smoke, but maybe this one cigarette. And it's, I think, one of the biggest challenges was realizing the cumulative effect. Well, the blood work showed some stuff. So maybe somebody might want to get their blood work checked and see what their liver is looking like. Because, you know, livers are hard to come by. They say they regenerate themselves. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's the cure. But you, 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 you have to give them a chance to do that. Yeah. And you, you can't be an addict and get a liver transplant usually because they want yeah. somebody who's going to be not an addict. I mean, yeah. you, I mean, I, I don't know technically how it works. I just know that I know somebody who wanted a liver transplant. She can't get one. They want to know that you've you've made she's, some changes. Yeah. She's still, you know, down in the the brewskis from her kitchen tap. Well, anyways, no, so, I'm not judgment. I'm not being judgmental. That was me. So, I mean, been there, but I, I, I worked through exercise and fatty liver disease, alcohol, and then non-alcohol fatty for a while. Um, I, you know, I was able to reverse the bad effects of all the crap. Uh, as far as I know, you know, so far, blood work's been perfect. For a few years but it takes work i'm kind of going off here i really didn't intend to do that but i like this this we're the last ones to get the memo maybe and then what are we going to do about it that's that's an interest right there you can stop for that and just well, go these are the, you know this the, the the stages of yeah uh they they're there's an official technical a uh, name for for that people go through what they call the stages of change um they're they're in a state of pre-contemplation they don't even know there's uh, a problem they're innocent yes. they're they're in contemplation they're thinking about it uh and and you know they they move on from there but you can't really push people from stage to stage the, yeah. the approach is to just sort of help them formulate the right questions uh in their in their own minds so that hence the Here's the question, you know, are, yeah. are, are you, are you addicted to something? And then, you know, then the logical next question, yeah. What, what are you going to do about it? Um, the, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a big believer that there is an a so-called addictive personality, but there are, you know, cer- certain traits uh, that are more about human nature, I think, than, than uh, addiction. And with, a, with a behavior that, affects our motivation pleasure reward system so closely um it's 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 very logical that we're going to rationalize and i I coined the phrase we are peak performance rationalization machines um engineered to uh protect our bad habits and so uh it's better today in some ways because well 
the double-edged sword, um, we see so it's constantly going to be in our attention span. Um, you know, what's, what's going on with addiction. Um, they're, the country's just not going to be able to keep ignoring it the, the way they are. One out of every eight or 10 people, come on. Um, and, and, and the death tolls, um, it's, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll come back to my rant later as promised, but, um, for people to ignore their problem, um, uh, it, it's just becoming harder and harder. And there is a lot more help out there. If you open up, uh, you know, put in put in uh, the keyword recovery uh, or, or addiction and, and go to Amazon.com. Uh, it's a pretty crowded space yeah, uh, out there. There, you know, there's 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 dozens, hundreds of me running around out there, running around, writing books and, you know, yeah. working on helping people. So eventually, you know, uh, I, as I said, there's many pathways to recovery. There's many approaches and we need many people bringing many ideas. Yeah, I think that's uh, it's really provoking a lot of thought for me because, you know, the stigma, that's a big deal. Or I should say it can be a big deal. Um, I mean, at this point, I don't, I don't even care. What people think of me is not my business. But also not, that's my model, and I have many, many models, but it's not that I don't care about people. It's just that I'm going to be me and um, transparent. You know, Elizabeth just walked by. Say hi to Keith. Hi, Keith. Hello. Nice to meet you. She's amazing. And she knows all my crap, just like most people here do, because we end up talking about it. You know, it's really interesting, so I'm going to just... I'm going to digress for one moment. The reason that addiction comes up often in my clinic is because, um, if you will, and I'm not trying to impress anybody, it's not my ego, I trust me. I'm known around the world for my work in the Parkinson's and movement disorder arena, so particularly Parkinson's, although we work with all humans. But when you look at the uh, dopaminergic pathways, in the person with Parkinson's or Parkinson-like diseases, especially when we're dealing with the substantia nigra and the death of brain cells in that particular area that are high production dopamine, that's a high production dopamine production center. So besides the fact that dopamine is a, uh, it's a driver towards success, reproduction, and getting to the top of the food chain, it's also a neurotransmitter that's one of them that helps us to control movement, right? So, hence, falls being the number one concern for a person with Parkinson's. Now, we we can bring in the dopamine replacement medications like Cinemet, Levodopa, Carbidopa. Administered a few of those in my day, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, now those can be very, very effective. Uh and, and I'm not a doctor, so I just qualify that I'm not saying to change your dose, go up, go down, stop it, start it. You're going to see your doctor about that. But what I notice from, you know, really thousands of people now over the years is that there there is sometimes in a, a, a little addiction problem when the dosage is too high. Oh. Of, because they'll get into things like hypersexuality, hyper shopping, gambling things that just are no good 
They go to the neurologist, get it tweaked. But either that stuff or they just go to sleep if it's too high, which isn't nearly as, as common. But that there are other factors like that change in the brain from a movement disorder and a medication introduced that can actually cause addictive type of behaviors, if you will. So that's another area to be concerned about, folks, if, if you happen to know anyone in that category. Just consider the fact that their dopamine medication is not the right dose. I actually heard uh, about that years ago. Uh, I was probably working in, in long-term care, and it came up in somebody's um, uh, particular case. Um, and, and I'd forgotten about that. You see, that's why doing these things is great because this, you know, this is a two-way conversation, Carl. Um, and, and I think that's the thing that kind of, uh, got us on each other's radar, uh, is, is the, you know, all the neuroscience that I, I saw yeah. you posting about naturally, I, you know, you had a, uh, uh, you were doing something called the neuro brothers and like, what? Oh yeah. You know, that, that, <laughs> yeah. Got got my attention and the neuro bro show with Russ Parker. Yeah, yeah. we should um, revive that. That was fun. But 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 the neuro, you know, the neuroscience is is I believe it's the future of recovery. I was yeah. just kind of working on. Um, I'm working on my next book, and uh, I was thinking, you know, the world the world hasn't beaten the path to my door yet, mm -hmm. and it, it it reinforces that there are many approaches to recovery and you know what you know i i've got my outcome which was really good uh as evidenced by 33 years and and my way of life is uh uh i'm very neutral about um uh substances and you know mm -hmm. i could just oh no no table available but we can sit at the bar now great we're there i i this i don't sweat this stuff it's it's been years since i've yeah. even had a thought and even when things in my life uh, occasionally go sideways, it's not going to fix, you know, it's not my thought process to, uh, to think about uh, resuming use. Um, but yeah, me neither. Uh, the, by, by the way, I just want to say congratulations. On that, Cause that, that took years for me to get to the point where it's not even, first of all, it wasn't the first thought in my mind, nor was it the second or third. And for it to actually become a non thought anymore, that's a long time. But I think it also has to do with maybe a neuroscience element of changing your behaviors because that rewires so. the brain, right? And if, if you're programming yourself now to succeed without that, hopefully, eventually, it gets to where you're at, where I'm at, where this is not on our radar anymore. You know, I'm not going to go and yeah, buy that. Well, that's that's a high-end outcome. But yeah. the process that got me there Okay, that that's not going to work for everybody. Um, nope, I just won't. had my my unique experiences, which worked for my uh, circumstances, my personality, my interests, etc. Um, so you know, by 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 publishing a couple of books that outline a, a recovery model based in neuroscience, uh, doesn't mean that everybody else is going to sit down and start meditating for you know uh, twenty minutes a day. Sure. Um, and go into this, uh, you know, uh, deep meditation state called uh, uh, dynamic meditation, where you're actually rewiring stuff in your in your you know your your behaviors. You go into the you go into the hard drive of your mind, 
And what, what do you do if you want to make some changes in your computer? You open up the, the system, do a few yeah. drop downs and add or delete a program. Yeah. Our, our brains are not dissimilar. And I believe that this could be, you know, a bright future for recovery. However, the process is, you know, a little daunting. So this is, you know, this is my mission to take, take the language uh take the uh you know the work of the leaders in the field nora vocal sits there looking at brain scans all day um and you know and and bless her and and you know and she finds that the uh dorsal tegmentum uh, disconnects from the nucleus account i you know i'm messing up my my terminology right now but the different parts of the brain stop communicating and this is where control is lost that's why, you know, it's easy to think that the person out there made their choice, decided, woke up in the morning and just decided to do that. When in fact, you know, the, the part of the, the brain that analyzes consequences and makes those kind of big picture rational decisions about what's best in someone's life, it, it's cut off from yes. the part that says, step on the gas pedal, get some drugs or alcohol down here, stat, we got a situation. What are you, crazy? stop using yeah it's like your your brain and your body will get into an argument the way you're putting this is beautiful <laughs> first of all and it just reminded me and i cannot find this author i'm looking for this guy you've probably heard of him um he what he basically talks about is in this book which i also don't know the name of this author who also does workshops let's figure it out together carl there's a guy, okay, I don't know his name, if you, it's Joe somebody, Joe. Dr. Joe? Dr. Joe. So he was talking about meditation and brain imaging of people meditating. Ah, at, yeah, at, no, that, would be, that would be Dr. Joe Dispenza. That's it, thank he's, you. He's one of my mentors. Oh, oh I, I have figured. I, I, I've done his work why. to the advanced level yeah, a no few, few years oh back. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Oh, we got to have another conversation oh. off, off record. Oh, no, I, 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 I met the guy when you could have a conversation with him. He, no, he's a brilliant, brilliant guy. And uh, so, he, so, yeah, he's, yeah. he's got this, this, this model that is, is based on uh, a lot of these same things. And if people like him were gearing their their programs for um you know the the particular circumstances problems uh and, and experiences of, of people with substance use disorder and addictions um well I, I i'd have a garden and better abs because now i you know um Excuse me. And, and i was kind of saying when i was writing my first book um uh, i i uh well yeah i can think of about a hundred people better qualified and equipped to to write this but they aren't doing it well so what what really impressed me about him in that book i mean there are a million things and it's been a couple of years since i read it but the fact that the people are skeptical about this though just look at the brain imaging from mit that's not too far from you right are you you're in massachusetts yeah yeah that's okay so you got mit and what shows happening during meditation now there's the active meditation measurement but also there's the how the brain looks after months or years of um 
basically doing meditation. There are other things too, and I, you probably have you done the work, then you know. I did a uh, I did a uh, uh, presentation at a, a regional conference on the benefits of meditation and recovery. Uh, with so this is like a real brain scans. And, oh yeah, thing where we can actually reprogram, rewire the brain, so that we can be different function, different. The core of us stays. Yeah, where's I'm still Carl Sterling, but. And you're still Keith Keller, but we can change what's going on here. Just like my laptop I'm on now, you know, I can change what's in there with a few keystrokes. But I find it fascinating that there's actually image to show this shit actually can be done. And, and that it can be effective for the for, for anyone watching. I just can't even emphasize no, it's, the it's, power it's real. in this. The power it, it, in this. It's real. And if you yeah. think about... Okay, the behaviors that we we learn, yeah. you know, sometimes it, it takes time. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and the traditional model of recovery, if you show up and go to meetings and get a sponsor and work the steps and don't uh, don't screw the thing up by by drinking or using, eventually you're going to get there. But why not make it a little more deliberate? Why not make it a little more precise? Why why do we have to sift through a, a, a dump truck load of, of coal to get to a few diamonds, right? Um, so yeah, the, the meditation is a very intentional, first first you learn how to do a basic meditation. You gotta you know walk before you can run, but then uh, we, we can go into a meditation and, and, and connect to the possibilities. And this is where the, the, the little bit of, of, of quantum influence comes into this. And also, my favorite words. I love also, quantum. Also epigenetics. Uh, oh, yeah. Because when we, you know, every time we have a thought, it sends an electrochemical uh, signal to a part of our body, uh, a, a gland, a, a protein, or something is produced. And what that translates to is a feeling in our body. Um, and, and, you know, eventually, so I, I have an anxious thought and, uh, that will create an anxious feeling in my body, real, uh, physical manifestations, uh, of anxiety, like sweaty palms, or my stomach is in knots, my pulse increases, my blood pressure goes up, etc. Um, and, and feeling that way only sends back a signal and I double down on the thoughts, right? So now I've got this loop going. And, and that's that's the source of, of anxiety, depression. Why can't we harness that uh, for for a more positive outcome? Like, like that loop you just said. I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. No. Um, so the loop. I was just going to say these thoughts can be on repeat, 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 repeat. Hit yeah. the replay button. The problem is, what I find is if when I've gone into that those modes of negative let's say, or less than desirable thoughts. You repeat, repeat, repeat. That's just hardwiring those those neurons to oh. keep repeating. And it's almost like creating a super highway of negativity. So you got to create an off-ramp somewhere and, and start to develop another highway to dominate and replace. And uh, Synaptic pruning would thank you. be the, the technical... <laughs> That's term, a beautiful, beautiful term. term. Well, no, that's and that's that's no, that's the term of the day, man. I'm writing that one down. But but if you think about you know how how we learn behaviors, uh, so we most of us drive cars nowadays, yeah. right? Um, the first time I got in the car for the purpose of driving, 
sat behind the wheel and said, oh, wait a minute. There, there's a lot going on here. I got to do the steering yeah. and the pedals and the uh, turn on the engine. And, oh, I have to know where I'm going and not kill people and follow the, the traffic regulations. Damn it. Dad made it look so easy. What, what? But fast forward to a month and I'm kind of doing it. Okay. Carefully, but you know, and, and, but now in the present moment, I get in the car, switch on the engine, pull out, and unless something crazy happens, okay, I have thought about last weekend, next weekend, what I need at the store, everything yeah. but the yeah. road. Mm -hmm. But I still uh, stop at the lights, signal for turns, do all. So I've gone from being uh, consciously unskilled when I can't drive a car yet to unconsciously highly skilled. How did I get there? Exactly what you said, a, a, neural, a neuron superhighway was was blazed uh, and, and built from a little neural footpath is sure. how that started. And, and you go and, and I, I like the oh, I love the analogy of playing a tricky drum beat that that one was in my, my first book. So I, I, I'm, I'm stumbling through it. You know, it's got some complicated polyrhythmic thing, maybe some figure with the left hand that I'm, you know, is is baffling and and i'm sending you know the 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 impulses are going from my brain to my two arms two legs uh feet and um i, I sort of you know stumble and stagger the rhythm out the next day i go back to do the same thing and the brain says oh he's doing this again wait a minute we got to get organized here and, and and it sort of sends out you know the little the little dendrites to connect and pretty soon, you know, you've got you've got a, a bigger pathway. And this is how, you know, learning takes place. Automatic uh, things we do um, started out as, as things we had to really, really work at doing. So the behaviors of addiction um, are, are occupying pretty significant neural highways. Um, wiring in the new behaviors of recovery is the challenge. You're a drummer, too. Yeah, yeah. I had forgotten about that because that was my former career. That was it. Oh, yeah. No, I know. Yeah. We got a yeah. lot of overlap for sure. We do. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I can totally relate to that polyrhythmic thing and independence. And I, I'll tell you, just digressing for 10 seconds, singing and playing drums same time, forget about it. Haven't done it since high school. I'm not doing it. Not going to do it. Never did it. I tried. It failed. I didn't try again. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't I want did, to sing anyways. It's not my thing, you know. I did it in high school and then got into a cover band for two years that had uh, a lead singer uh, and two brothers and a sister, guitarist, bassist, and female lead vocal. Just come learn the drum parts. Yeah. Never sang again. So, favorite drummer, do you have one? Uh, I got like 20 of them. I got 50 uh, yeah, of them. I have, yeah, I, I have several. Uh, yeah, so I don't. We're gonna have to save this conversation for we'll save that a for steak dinner or something. Yeah. Well, it looks like. Um, well, I'll be out near you at some point. I'll have to search you the dates, but it'd be great to meet up and and uh, dive deep down that pathway too, the drum pathway. But um, if you, in that, I don't even. We might have to do if you want down the road here soon, maybe a part two, because I think we hit on some really important things today. But I have to go soon. I don't want to. No worries. No, no worries. No, thank you very much for this opportunity think, to uh, discuss a lot of these things. I, I do want to, you know, just sort of 
circle back to a, a little bit of the the culture uh and, and the stigma we've got this uh this thing going on that uh we you know to say it's a problem doesn't even work with the definition of the word problem it's so much more yeah. it, 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 it's cultural it's it's medical it's scientific it's sociological but it is ruining lives that that we could stop and that's well, with, with that said and again people watching this and we had no conversation beforehand about what we were going to talk about we just knew we had a topic so we let it free-flowing here so this is not fair that i'm going to ask you this question but i think you're more than prepared and able to answer if you were to summarize if that's the right word or any words of wisdom a takeaway message let's put it that way if you had a, a single or a couple of takeaway messages for people who might be dealing with this or they know somebody who is with a problem like this what would you advise uh recovery is possible and uh no, no matter what your circumstances are um no matter what what has happened to you or or uh, what's going on in your life recovery is possible it's something that can be learned um it, it's it's not the stereotypes you might think about you know sitting around in a depressing room with people uh saying the lord's prayer uh the options are are pretty much limitless nowadays and in recovery you can reinvent yourself you can become the person you were always meant to be and step into the full potential uh, of, of the greatness of your life. Now, in 2018, Carl, I wrote in my uh, first version, the first first uh, um, version of uh, my last book. Uh, it's been through a couple of um, editions. Um, but in 2018, I wrote, if a respiratory infection like the SARS COVID that we had seen back in 2010 or early 2000s or something yeah, like if that came along and yeah. started killing a thousand people a week the way addiction was back then what do you think would happen yeah the, yeah, the cdc yeah. we, we'll uh, on the it. government the resources all, all, all the experts would be brought to bear to basically declare war on that problem then came yeah. COVID. I wrote that in 2018. No kidding. And yeah, yeah. All the addiction, all that happened to the addiction program uh, problem was that it just got worse as a result of COVID. It, it is a national tragedy. On a, it is one of the worst problems facing our nation. And, and so let me just, you know, wrap it up after this. What, what if a foreign power or terrorist organization was doing to us what addiction is? What would people say? What would the response be? What would the reaction be? Yeah, yeah. That's, puts it in a different way. Sadly, line. that's a great question, but sadly, we know the answer to that. But for the addiction thing, it's a completely different deal because it's on the rise. And you know, I, I, I this the community of medical people. My son's an MD, he's a PhD. The doctor upstairs here is. He doesn't want to see you when you're sick. He wants to see you when you're healthy and not give you a bunch of pills not every doctor is that way and it's time and place for medications i'm just make that perfectly clear but i think that uh if you watch uh, you know what just watch the series dope sick you see that one 
Um, I'm if unfamiliar anyone, with the Yeah, with the if story, you haven't yeah. seen it, I, I don't know that it's the best thing out there, but it, it, was, it really hit home with me. It's eight episodes, Michael Keaton. Plays yeah. the role of a doctor who gets the license pulled because he's an addict and he's prescribing. But basically, the the thing is, is that the the I'm not, not going to go down conspiracy, and we have to go in a minute. But big farmer and all that, they want to make I money. The guy they based the Michael Keaton character on. Oh really? No yeah. Kidding, no kidding. Yeah. Tell you about Oh my that gosh, we have to talk about that some other time. Yeah, that's very interesting. But but these things are for a lot of people they're pretty easy to get still and. If it's you know not going to the liquor store or to the marijuana shop or wherever you go, I don't know. But the, the, there is it, it is being fed into and by some uh, medical out there and pharma and this and that. And, and sadly, it's creating more of a problem. And I, I can't say anything more. I don't I don't know enough to say. The but many moving parts. Yeah, are, are. that's yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. Well, listen, Keith, thanks. Uh, where can people buy your book? First of all, I know it's on oh, Amazon. Thank you. Uh, uh, the Infinite Recovery Handbook uh, is available yes. on Amazon and select brick and mortar bookstores. Um, I also have a website, which is uh, www.infiniterecovery.org. Yep. And uh, you can find us on Facebook through the website or by going to Facebook, uh, Infinite Recovery Support and Discussion. It's fantastic. It's really, really extremely well put together. Beautiful body of work. I appreciate um, that so much, Carl. Thank you I, for this yeah, so go opportunity. Get the book. Um, go to his site. Uh, if people want to reach you, are you um, are you reachable? How, how can they best reach you? Might it be through the site? or uh, um, Keith at infiniterecovery.org. There it is. Okay. Easy. You got it. Okay. And uh, stay with me for a minute when we hang up. But first of all, Keith, thanks a million for being here. I really appreciate it. No, this, thank you. This well, was this is important stuff. I appreciate the moving, opportunity to get the message out. It, it was moving for me. Very maybe think about a lot of things again. Uh, and I'm, I'm real happy with where I'm at. So I'm happy to say that you made me happier. <laughs> but not everyone's happy with where they're at. But knowing that this. I love what you wrote here, that recovery is a skill that can be learned. That right there is true, powerful, relevant, and I'm thinking about that. And for other things too, I just think this is so great. So your wealth of knowledge and information and appreciate you sharing this and thank you again. Thank you. And to all who are watching and listening, thank you very, very much. And again, if you would like to help us grow this program, this channel, and get this great education out there, please just... If you're on YouTube, hit subscribe. If you're on another platform, maybe just hit follow. And we can help another person. We'd be very happy about that. So, uh, thank you. Have a great day. Take care.